decided that you want to pursue financial independence or at least explore to it to see if you might want to take it seriously. Congratulations. I think you're thinking along the right way. You're, you know, still being a little skeptical. I think that's super healthy because it can seem like a pretty daunting task to undertake to reach financial independence. I mean, is it even possible from where you're starting? What if you are going to have to sacrifice a lot, maybe too much in order to make it happen? Are you willing to make those sacrifices in the short term? Wouldn't it be better to live life as much as possible now because tomorrow's not guaranteed? And I totally, totally hear you with all these questions. I feel them too. Financial independence, as typically defined, isn't something that you achieve by accident. And there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. Where is a beginner to start if you want to determine if financial independence is possible and worth all that work? I want to explore those kinds of questions together and show you what maybe you might not be considering that I found super helpful. Welcome to the Fife Movement. I'm your host, Amanda Neely. This is the only movement that helps our generation create our unique feminine and entrepreneurial path to financial independence. Please be sure to subscribe and hit the bell for future videos if you're watching this on YouTube. If you join us on the podcast, please just hit that subscribe button and listen regularly. Okay. So I think a big reason financial independence seems so daunting a task is because so many of the experts are telling you that you need to put your money away and not touch it forever. I mean, think of those who advise you to set aside a large portion of your income into index funds and then never touch them again. The typical idea is to buy as many shares of these index funds as you can, see their value increase over years, and then when you get to 25 times your income, live off the growth of those funds by following the 4% rule. So you actually never sell um, the original shares, right? You're just living off the growth. And there's a lot in that idea that I have issue with, <laughs> but today I want to focus on that part where you're supposed to set aside money from the beginning that your goal is to never touch, ever. I mean, think about the alternative to this too, the popular one of using real estate investing for financial independence. This is where you leverage whatever cash you have to purchase real estate. And then as you pay down the loans, increase your rents, you eventually get to the place where the passive income from the rent is enough to replace your working income. And ta-da, you've reached financial independence. <laughs> Again, you're being asked to take your cash and lock it up in real estate. I mean, if you sell the real estate, you lose the passive income. If you do an equity harvest of the properties and, you know, cash out the equity you built up, you might lose some or most of your passive income because now you have to pay that back to the, the bank that you took the loan from. It's another buy and hold strategy. You're taking your funds, putting them into real estate and making the goal to never touch that money again. And as you pay off your loans, you're actually locking up more and more of that money, of your money. Now, while I'm not against these two ideas of stocks and real estate and those using those to help you reach financial independence, I think you can do it that way. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I am concerned about is them being your first steps and having, um, you know, I'm actually just 
concerned about any product that locks up your wealth rather than giving you more flexibility, especially when you're first starting out. I mean, life happens, right? You can't leave all or even a majority of your cash locked up and still live a good life. It's too stressful, right? The car needs new tires. And if you don't have the 500 bucks or whatever it is to buy those tires, you're going to have to go into debt to buy them or not get the new tires and maybe have to walk or ride a bike for a long time. Or um, if you get laid off from work and you, you're trying to follow where you're not touching the stocks or the real estate, you got to figure out how are you going to make ends meet in the meantime? Or let's say a an opportunity comes your way to take a trip of a lifetime or to get married or have a kid or, um, I don't know, be single again, <laughs> whatever it might be, you might be like, but I can't touch that money. So therefore I have to pass up on this opportunity because I have, I have the money to do it, but if I sell it or, you know, a a harvest equity, it's going to impact my ability. I'm supposed to not touch that money. It's locked up. And we get in that mindset. And I think that really holds us back and causes us way too much stress. That's why I believe the first step to achieving financial independence is to do something very different. It's not the only step, but I think it is the first step. And if you've seen the last two episodes of this show, you know, I believe financial independence is a process or journey rather than just a destination. You also know that I believe you should start with learning more and developing a plan with the end in mind, like you would for any grand adventure. Today, I wanna give you a picture you can hold in your mind as you begin with the end in mind, as you are defining your unique definition of financial independence, I want to show you kind of what your money could look like that's enabling you to lead a truly financially independent life now and in the future. Okay, we call it the financial stability pyramid, and I need to share my screen with you so you can see what this looks like. So let me pull this up. This is how most people set up their financial lives. They have their safe and liquid cash reserves, very little in like savings account or something like that. And they put the majority of their money at risk. Um, you may or may not be okay with losing it, but it's locked up. And this creates a very like unstable situation when you have an opportunity or an emergency you're stressed out, you don't know what to do because your money's locked up, maybe also at risk. Whereas if you build a strong foundation of safe and liquid cash reserves for emergencies and opportunities, then you're building money that you can access as life changes, as uh, you get uh, have emergencies or opportunities. And that's where I think is a good place to start. And what you'll notice, right, with this foundation is that it's safe and liquid cash reserves for emergencies and opportunities. Liquid means accessible, not locked up, but able to be used. And I believe before you start buying ETFs or index funds or before you buy real estate, it's very beneficial to build up a safe and liquid cash reserves, right? If you're building a pyramid, you start building from the bottom. <laughs> now, this pyramid is also a great image of what your portfolio could look like at the end too, right? When you've reached a financial independence, you could have these cash reserves 
that you're then able to use for that great opportunity of financial independence without having to worry about spending down the principal, right? That are selling a stock or not being able to buy groceries if someone stops paying rent, right? Whatever it might be. But you also have some additional funds that are other places that are maybe growing for you in different ways or doing different things for you. Now, the critics will say that if you build a financial pyramid like this one on your screen, that you won't get much growth from that safe and liquid cash reserves. You have to go to that other pyramid and put your money at risk if you want it to grow. Uh, the whole idea, uh, you have to speculate to accumulate. But I'd ask them this question. Do you think you could get a better rate of return when you take some time to build up some safe liquid cash reserves that are accessible for you and that you're able to actually deploy and use when you've done your research, you've learned a few things and you're ready to start investing with more knowledge and with more cash. Do you think you'd have a better success, better rate of return if you built those reserves first instead of just diving right into X, Y, or Z? Uh, investment in real estate or in the stock market. So I hope that's helpful. What I'm going to do in the next few episodes is outline where I've been building up my safe liquid cash reserves and how it works for me so that I have more financial independence today and not just in the future. And I'm aligning my money with my unique definition of financial independence as even my own definition continues to evolve. So hit that subscribe button. Make sure you get the next episodes where I'll share more about where I'm building up my safe and liquid cash reserves. For now, thanks for joining me and connecting with the Fife Movement. As you go about your day today, remember, wealth is coming your way. Your quest is to prepare for using it well. For more tips on how to prepare, please be sure to subscribe. And to connect with the community, visit fifemovement.com. My gift has helped you today. Please pay this gift forward by sharing this content with a friend. My gratitude in advance. <laughs>